0: Tyreek, Tyreek, he's on his way. He's on his way home, sweet home. Coming for the Dolphins wide receiver, Tyreek Hill is coming home, like Motley Crue would say. My name is Matt Connor. I'm here. Hosting and doing a poor Vince Neal impersonation.
1: No, that's actually a Vince. That's a good Vince Neal impersonation. Have you heard him
0: recently? Dude, he is. He's, <laughs> he's buns, as you would say these days. He wasn't in 1988, by the way. I'm here with Sterling Holmes, my man. Welcome to a, folks, a loaded, loaded edition of the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Before we get to news, news, and more news, whatever it is, by the way, Sterling got a new laptop and he's using effects to only enhance what's already a great product by the way uh how are you feeling man Let, let's start here let's start here how are you feeling personally like good week good times
1: yeah i'm feeling good man uh and no it's not a new laptop it's just a new update i don't know how it works i'm the least technologically advanced person um probably you've ever met uh so i don't really know what i'm doing But it's very fun to do these little things um but i'm excited man things are good sheets from the playoffs they're not playing Bills. They're playing the Dolphins. It's in Kansas City. It's gonna be frigid. To of Tagovailoa. He's from Hawaii, Bama, and then Miami. He went from playing in eighties to now zero. I mean, things are good, man. I, I I'm just very, very excited.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. When when I want to dive in this way. When you found out it was the Miami Dolphins, what was your first emotion? Like like when that when that first round matchup was set you thought what
1: i was excited because it wasn't the bills i mean it, it could it have been better well yeah if they played the steelers that would have been better i think the steelers yeah. are two scoops of ass like they're mike tomlin voodoo magic love mike tomlin hell of a head coach but that team is is really bad yeah. um but if it's going to be playing the bills or playing the dolphins Give me the Dolphins. Like, I know whoever yeah. would have won that game it would have been different. Dolphins would have won. It would have been the Steelers. All, all great. I get that. End of the day, I think the Chiefs are a good matchup against a Dolphins team who's traveling to Kansas City in the cold. Tyreek Hill has been dropping the ball like crazy in recent weeks. I mean, Tyreek Hill thinks he's still a Chiefs wide receiver. Dropping the ball <laughs> nonstop. Um I, I don't believe in Tua Tagovailoa. I don't think he's a great quarterback. Legereus Sneed I, and Trent McDuffie in the corners, I'm very, very confident in. And then you look on the other side of things. The, the uh, Miami Dolphins are trying to sign all former linebackers from Chiefs history. Emmanuel Ogba, Justin Houston today, uh, Melvin Ingram. I'm surprised Ter- uh, Terrell Suggs or uh, Breland Speaks has not yet been signed by the Dolphins. I mean, they're banged up. In a game where they're going to be running the ball a lot, I choose the Chiefs defense to slow down A-Chan, which, again, I'm nervous about. But I choose the Chiefs defense over a banged-up Dolphins defense. I am all the way in.
0: I'm predicting big things for Tyson Jackson on Sunday. (laughs) I think he and Glenn Dorsey are going to be real problems on the other side. I'm I'm just saying. I'm just saying, folks uh good to see you all good to see you all in the chat good to hang out with us uh if you're listening if you're watching give us a thumbs up give us a a five-star review four and a half if you're feeling a little salty uh give us a subscription all those good things all those little gestures actually go a really really long way toward helping Podcast,
1: you do that, and I'm going to give everyone who's listening something just for you. DraftKings is offering a fantastic sign up bonus ahead of the postseason. You can place a $5 first bet on anything to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no sweat single game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is that you will receive both rewards even if your first bet loses when you join drawing. DraftKings, make sure you sign up with our code ARROWHEAD using our code ARROWHEAD not only gets you these great bonuses but also directly supports our podcast if you've been considering signing up for DraftKings make sure you use the code ARROWHEAD to maximize your first bets and parlays, this offer is only available to new customers from 21 Plus and are physically present in legal gambling states, please remember to always gamble responsibly, check the episode, uh, episode description for full terms of the offer to see if you qualify
0: Parlay there, like someone should have a slogan. Like there's a parlay in my pants or something like that. Like that should be, if I was running a betting company, that's what I'd say. Anyway.
1: I'm sorry, everyone for Matt
0: Connor. Good. I think that's good. I'm not even apologizing for that one. I'll apologize for some of on that one. Uh Look, everyone. We So we want to talk about last Sunday a little bit and talk about the heroes, the, the, um, The younger players that excited us. I want to talk about injuries. I want to talk about the early part of this offseason. But let's get to the newest thing today. Which this
1: show is now going to Peacock.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Folks, if you want to listen to us, subscribe (laughs) to (gasps) Freevo.com. yeah what like what in the world should we talk about this first yeah oh goodness,
2: man
1: i i am so upset i'm livid i'm irked it has my ire my goodness are you kidding me nfl and by the way we're not going to peacock okay we're, we're not we're not trying to money grab like them the nfl gets so much bleeping money as is and like how can we squeeze how can we squeeze the little guy even more how can we just this billion dollar machine how can we get a couple more pennies out of everyone like they're such big clowns for for this I can see their shoes from here. That big old red nose is driving me insane. It's going to rip it off Roger Goodell's dome right now, dude.
0: Can like, we? Yeah, yeah. Hey, would you be this riled up if it wasn't the Chiefs game? If it was like care. the Browns I live, game? I
1: live in Kansas City, so I get to watch the Chiefs game here. It doesn't even affect me, and I'm riled up by this. Okay. it just pisses tr- me off. Yeah. Like it pisses me off. Like it, it truthfully does. Like, the NFL for so long has been all about trying to give to the masses, right? The NFL is trying to always be, or the NFL has in the past, tried to be as accessible as possible. That's been a big reason of why they've grown so quickly. Like, just how many years ago, the NBA, for example. The NBA was only, the the NBA finals were tape recorded because they weren't live. But then the NBA, the NFL, the NFL was king. They were accessible. They They got everywhere, Well, now they're trying to squeeze even more money out of this massive corporation. Like, they've become the man, man. Like, I feel like Big Lebowski over here, but the rug rug really tied the room together.
0: Yeah. No, hey, you're totally right. Not only are you right, look, here's the the biggest farce when it comes to the NFL. The National Football League is a non-profit organization. (laughs) Right? Like... (laughs) Like they pay no taxes. They're floating in all this money for a nonprofit in the first place. And then, yeah, look, look, man, look, when you're drowning in money, you should be able to look at Peacock. Peacock ponied up $110 million to, um, for these rights. When you're floating in that much money, you should be able to look at that amount and go, you know what? It's not worth the headaches. It's going to create. If this was the USFL, if this was some upstart league, upstart sport for that matter pickleball was trying to stretch it's 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 uh, reach or something and peacock says we'll give you 110 million dollars for the rights to stream your stuff you take that deal you take that deal because you're like good because you're going to help us exist but in this case roger goodell's like i think i lost that much when i was getting up off the couch trying to make the latest like range of inconsistent suspensions so I don't know. Maybe I misplaced that one ten million. Let's take it from Peacock just to make sure we didn't lose it in the couch. It it's it's silly. It's ridiculous. The NFL could be so fan friendly, and they l- deliberately choose to go against the like. It shouldn't be hard to define a catch. It shouldn't be hard to allow review, like to replay, uh, to reviews and and replay certain things. It shouldn't be hard to solve. Officiating in the NFL, like some of these things that drive fans crazy, for example, um, have pretty obvious solutions to them, but the NFL bends over backwards to be inconsistent in the way they apply punishments to, you know, to keep officials from being full time. The, the whole thing is just so silly. I,
1: I mean, seriously, whoa, a few years ago it was Thursday night football games. The first four Thursday night football games would be on Amazon Prime. And then then every single Thursday night football game was on Amazon Prime. And now they're doing an, an, a playoff game. A play. We're not talking week four, week yeah. two. We're not talking Broncos-Jets. We're talking a playoff game. And, and what I feel bad for is people who are – um, people who are older, maybe people who are not as technologically advanced like me I'm not as technologically advanced as other people. I still know how to do it, but it's 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 not the smoothest transition you got to download something you have to have a TV that works that has the the smart TV to download an app. You have to do a lot of jumping through hoops just to watch a game it's absurd. Like, again, I feel for people who are not as, again, people who one can't afford it and people who are not as technologically advanced and people who don't have the TVs that this works on. Now you have to go out of your house, maybe you have to go to a bar. You are going to watch at your house. You can do this, that, and the other. Now you can't. It's bullshit, man. It yep. is absolute bullshit. And that's what pisses me off.
0: That said, Peacock, if you're out there and you want to give me $110 million, I will make everyone upset here on this show right now by going to you. I can be bought. I don't know if you can, Sterling. Oh,
1: I would wear feathers.
0: Hey, let's dive in. Um, look, okay, they're on Peacock. There's nothing we can do about it. We're going to tune in. We're going to pony up to $5.99 free trial, or we're going to go to some illegal website and stream it ourselves, whatever. Party yeah, at
1: Sterling's house. Um,
0: or or we'll just show up at Sterling's house and party there. Look, the Chiefs today came out with at least some good uh, or some, uh, some injury updates that are worth discussing here. I want to bring them up with you and just get your thoughts on some of these things. First of all, Brian Cook, the safety, we, we, we kind of sort of thought he was done for the year, but no one ever announced that for sure. Finally today, Andy Reid said, look, we're not expecting Brian Cook to be back this season. We're going to get him back later on. So, okay, that thins out the safety ranks. We can't even hold out hope for, like, if they advance far enough. Um, Wani Morris, concussion, and Justin Ross, hamstring, are not practicing today in an early going of the week. However, Legarius Sneed um, is back from a hamstring, and Donovan Smith is going to try to practice as well, I, I want to ask about this tackle position. Uh, Prince Tega Winogo still out. Not even sure what's going on there. Yeah. Um, what's your take on this tackle position? What the Chiefs can do? How worried are you about the state of the position heading into the postseason?
1: A little nervous. I mean, luckily, there's a ton of depth at tackle, but that depth is going to be shown. Um, Donovan Smith, it sounds like, is Probably good to go, barring a setback. Wanya Morris with the concussion, right? Do you, do you see what he's looking like? If he's trending towards out with the concussion, Wanya.
0: I, I mean, you can't know until. You yeah, know, I guess we don't playoffs, know until later positive on. signs. I wouldn't expect him to be available. I would think he's got to sit out at least
1: a week. Yeah, yeah. Have to imagine so. So I'm assuming that you're looking at Donovan Smith. You're probably looking at Juwan Taylor still, who got banged up in that game. Yeah, um, Joe Tooney. I, I will fully admit, did not look great at left tackle. Um, again, you're thrown into the middle of the game, and you, you have to move from left guard, to left tackle, like you know all that stuff. But he he wasn't giving me a ton of confidence. I mean, if that if that's the breaking case of emergency, that's nice to have. But you know, he didn't slow down Khalil Mack. Mack was still getting by him. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I again. Let's it, also
0: admit though that Khalil Mack is like a top five pass rusher, having like a career year. Yeah, I mean, it's absurd.
1: Like, he's been he's been nuts.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like complaining about how someone looks going against Miles Garrett, TJ Watt. So. Sure.
1: And, and by the way, the Dolphins as Phantom points out, depth shouldn't be an issue with depleted defense of our Dolphins defense. Yeah, Jalen Phillips is their de- is their best pass rusher. He's been injured. He's not going to play in this game. Yeah. Um they're missing a lot of guys. No Bradley Chubb as well. So again, yeah, if the, if the Chiefs have a a week where maybe a banged up Offensive line shouldn't be as big of an issue. This should be it. But again, we've all had uh, nightmares and flashbacks to the Chiefs-Bucks Super Bowl in the offensive line couldn't Couldn't block Matt Connor or myself. So uh, it's not that bad, but still, um, I'm at least a little nervous in that regard.
0: Why are you talking about my game? What are you talking about me? I couldn't rush. What are you talking about?
1: You think you could get there? I think you could. More, more so than me. I, I got no bend. I got no best. bend.
0: Dude. I haven't been since nineteen eighty seven. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, luxurious neat. Uh, he looks good. And then if he's good to go now, uh, like if he look good, um, you know, in in seventeen, I like him at this point. Anyone else you're worried about in terms of injuries, um, or that you wish we were seeing?
1: Not really. I mean, I mean, this point of the year, everyone has injuries. Every team. So you you can't use this as an excuse. Um, again, Dolphins are missing a ton of guys. Yeah, Justin Houston signed there today, and they, that's going to be their big outside linebacker signing. I mean, it, he played in the Panthers and was it was out for a while. He he was released slash won it out. Um, let's be real now. There's injuries on both teams. Uh, you can't use it as, as an excuse. You know, Legere's Need I wish, was 100%, obviously, but um, him not playing last week was was a huge boost, hopefully getting right. Um, so, overall, no, I, it is what it is at this point in the season. next man up.
0: Yeah yeah totally totally um i will say that i will add this i am anxious to see where jarek mckinnon um falls in i think he's got to miss one more game on ir but um i i think that's a presence that we're missing and so you know if we make it through this first round i'm going to be real one week from now if we're still in it i'm going to be real curious to see how mckinnon is looking on the chief's injured list and and his importance to the to the offense there.
1: Yeah. And you look at the Miami side of things very quickly. Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert both missed that game against the Bills. They will be listed as questionable. I'd have to imagine against the chiefs as well. So kind of the same boat.
0: Z- uh, by the way, Xavier Howard's out this game. He's not yeah. coming back. So you're missing a top light corner. Robert Hunt there is, is their guard. He'd be there, you know, Trey Smith, if you will. He's um yeah, it, they're, they're hurting, hurting uh, in, in major ways. And, and to put that with the with the weather, I mean, are you – I don't know. I'm almost overly confident this week. Like, I'm not even nervous about this matchup. Are you?
1: I mean, I, I don't want to be as uh, nonchalant as that. I mean, yeah, there, there's some reasons to be nervous. And quite frankly, none of it has to do with Tyreek Hill or the explosive Miami offense through the air. It's through the ground. Um, again, I think that the Chiefs are um, – Better than the than the last time they played them. Obviously, the the Chiefs' linebackers for the most part are healthier, um, and the secondary is a w- they're willing tacklers. But let's be real: there's a weakness on this Chiefs' defense. It's their ability to stop the run. Look at DVOA, you know, top five offensively look, uh, as far as stopping the run. Their bottom five. Again, if you're going to be better at one, you want to be better at stopping the pass. But you look at the offense that Mike McDaniel has implemented. It's a little different spin-off from the Shanahan running game, which a little interesting. Mike uh, McDaniel was the running game coordinator, right? He was the, the guy in San Fran helping getting that thing set up. You see him now in Miami. There's little wrinkles that they're using. They're very good at getting... The running backs in space, right? Because they're not bruisers up the middle. They're very, very fast. Uh, you look at what Devon Achan is doing. Devon Achan did not play against the Kansas City Chiefs in Germany. He was out that game. He is averaging 7.8 yards a carry. That is not a typo. That is not him playing in the Pac 12. That is the <laughs> NFL. 7.8 yards a carry on over a hundred carries. That is absurd. They're explosive. So the chiefs one corner's got to be ready. They got to tackle and the chiefs linebackers have to be making decisions very, very quick. Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr. and the rest, they can't pause. They have to get horizontal and they have to bring him down quick, quick, quick.
0: But I like their chances here. Those linebackers are that quick. They are that instinctive. They're rested up now and everyone knows it's one and done now. So Everyone's going to lay it all on the line for all sixty minutes. Look, Sterling. I'll say this: I went back and watched some of the Germany game, right, uh, just to get a sense. Hey, what do we? You know, what was I forgetting? The Chiefs were up twenty-one nothing in that game at halftime. The Dolphins got the ball back at halftime and were stopped at that point. Right yeah. now, the the score was only twenty-one to fourteen, but the Chiefs were dominating. In, in in fact, they kind of took their foot off the gas. The Dolphins still couldn't get it going after halftime, but do you remember there was a third and 20, a silly penalty on Chris Jones? Do you yeah. he like he like comes down? So the Dolphins, again, were facing a third and 20. They weren't, it wasn't going to happen. And then Chris Jones gives them a free first down and it kind of gives them a little bit of momentum. Then there, was the, then the chiefs had like a fumble on like the, I think McKinnon fumbled it on the one yard line or something like close to the goal line. There was another late turnover and, Look, man, it, it, the Chiefs gave them that game. And I know they didn't have a, I know they didn't have a champ, but they were much healthier across the board uh, from where they were. The Chiefs were owning them outright for the majority of that game. But how many
1: times time. have we said that about the Chiefs this season? We th- That's why I'm a little nervous. Cause even if the Chiefs get off to a 14-0 lead, which actually, quite frankly, they've been falling down to teams 14-0, then coming back. They've right? held teams to 17 points as the offense eventually gets it going. But again... I, as much as I would like to agree with you and say, yeah, that's completely true, which again, you're not you're not wrong. But the issue is the Chiefs have done that all season long. The issue is the Chiefs, if you look at yards and some of the actual moving the ball statistics, they're not bad. They're a top five, top 10 offense in almost all these categories. The issue is the turnovers, the penalties, and the drops. They all rear yep. their ugly head at some point. So when you say the Chiefs beat the Chiefs, well, that's what they do every single week. That's who this team is. Again, I think they're good enough to beat Miami in this game at home. I think the weather actually helps Kansas City. But again, I'm not going to be nonchalant about a team that all of a sudden is getting hot right now, running the football with Devon Achan. If they get Raheem Mostert back, they're a different they're a different offensive team now than when they play the Chiefs to Miami. Again, the Chiefs are different too, but this is going to be a battle of strengths, a battle of the Chiefs defense against the Miami Dolphins run game.
0: Yeah, I, I guess all I'm thinking is, look, the, look the Dolphins, the Dolphins scare people offensively if you haven't played them. And so in this instance, look, look, the, the two teams that use pre-snap motion the most in the NFL, San Francisco 49ers, Miami Dolphins, right? You see them get guys up to full speed coming off the line. And it's a beautiful thing. And that can scare you when you have speed like Tyreek, Jalen, uh, others, right? Uh. So what I'm saying is, hey, the Chiefs just saw this half a season ago with a much healthier lineup and they owned them outright until they shot their own selves in the foot. I'm just not worried about, like the dolphins overall don't worry me as much as if we'd never played them this year. That's the point I'm trying to make there, by the way, brilliant point. I want to bring this up. I don't know if you read it. Craig stout from over at KCSN, mm-hmm. right? He did this breakdown. Cause you know, cause you mentioned, Hey, the chiefs fall behind like pretty early. Like the last several games, the chiefs like are giving up points on defense. And then it's like one quarter in, and it's like, they go, wait, we're the fucking chiefs. And then, and then it like all shuts down. And so he goes, he went and tracked that. And he noticed that on like the third drive of the game that, that we pull, he said, Spags pulls Nick Bolton and puts in drew tranquil into that Mike spot. Then Bolton sits out for a full drive. And on that drive, they end up talking about what they're seeing. So the chiefs play like a more vanilla base in the first couple defenses to see fully what the offensive game plan is going to be. Some games it ends up really hurting them and you're like, "Oh shit, we're down 14 nothing." But at that point Spags goes aside and goes, "Okay, but now I also know exactly what they're trying to do to us." So then Bolton goes back in the game and the defense completely asserts their will. And so he had this tract, he had this tract. He said, "After Bolton comes back in the game, the Chiefs are averaging and then the metrics were insane. It was like a league leading amount of points per drive when he comes back in. It's like, it's like they're just going, show us what you got. Go ahead, feel free to like do your wheelies and your whatever. Yeah. And then, and then about drive three or four, we're going to come in and kick your ass. And our offense is going to score enough to let that approach work.
1: This is wild because I'm glad Craig found this because he's apparently way better at math and charting than I am. Because I was trying to find a way to to come up with this as well. I kept saying, which I'm glad he actually had a legit study that backs up the eye test for me. I kept saying Nick Bolton looks like early on in the game, teams pick on him they pick when they're being vanilla. I say, I always yeah. say spags early on. It's like a boxer. You're trying to feel out your opponent to see what they have. Yeah. Nick Bolton gets picked on the first couple of drives. And then all of a sudden what happens spags and, and Nick Bolton, I think in particular, cause I think he's a very smart guy. He understands what's going on and he adjusts as well. Yeah. Like we know he's not the most athletic linebacker. We know he's not the fastest. We know he's not the best in pass coverage, but we understand that he's a very, very intelligent player. And I what what Craig found obviously is in line with he understands he talks to his spags, they get together, they come up with okay, this is how they are attacking this defense. This is how we are going to counterattack. Yeah. And that's what the Chiefs do. So that's phenomenal. I, I I'm glad that we've kind of all come together on this and and we're in agreement here. But yeah, that 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 makes so much sense now that that coming out for a drive, you talk it through, yeah, teacher and student, and then the student gets an A plus.
0: Just th- those adjustments have been huge for KC. I, I I love it. I thought you would like that. Um, Sterling, let's talk. Let's go back to Week 18. I know we're talking about the Dolphins. I, I want to go back here to Week 18. A lot of guys can't get playing time on this team because this team is deep at at various positions. And so Week 18 gave us a chance to watch these guys up close. And I know you and I both had some guys we were looking for. Everyone was looking at Justin Ross. Everyone was looking at FAU. How are these guys going to perform? Um, I'm curious to you, now that the game is over, 13-12, um, Chargers uh, uh, went over the Chargers. Um, who stood out to you like in terms of like seizing that rare opportunity or that moment?
1: Uh, I will say the obvious one first, and that's uh, McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman played all 58 snaps. Again, that's not an absurd amount necessarily because the defense was on the field, 83 snaps, right? So there was a a big difference there. But McCole Hardman, outside of two plays, I thought was phenomenal. He had one bad drop because he wanted to feel like the rest of the Chiefs wide receivers. And he had one deep ball that ended ended up an interception where He just, I guess, didn't think the ball was coming to him and then just gave up and was like, "Yeah, I'm not really going to attack. I don't like, like that was, that was a really bad play. Yeah. But outside of those two, McColl looked really good, you know? And I'm fully convinced that I would take him and Justin Watson 100% over MVS going forward, all snaps. Yeah. MVS, sorry, pal, you're glued to the bench. Justin Watson, you go in, which again, you two already play a very similar role, you and, and MVS. And then, you know what? You throw in McCole Hardman; he had a nice slant route. Which again, I'm not. We're not talking anything crazy. We did a nice slant route. He had two catches in particular where he showed off extremely strong hands. Yes. Where where I thought that ball getting knocked away, and I wouldn't even be mad. I'd say great play by the defense. But he went to the ball, held on, and made something happen. Like McCole Hardman to me in that intermediate area was such a valuable piece. I, I was fully, fully impressed with Hardman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, do you think that that projects to what he could do this week? I mean, do you think the chiefs were looking at that and like, all right, let's ride this hot hand. Uh, there's, there's a, uh, you know, there's, so, there's something happening here as he's getting back into the game and feeling healthier.
1: Yes. hundred percent. He's feeling healthier and no one else has stepped up at wide receiver. They're looking for any sort of juice. Yeah. I, I think there was a case of it. Again, I, I will fully be transparent here. I think those two plays could really hurt him. So if we don't see him a ton, you're going to look back and say, him giving up on that deep ball, I think, was way more impactful. The drop, the drop ha- happens. He's not played a ton of snaps. The drops sure. are going to happen every once in a while. I understand that. Him give, giving up on that deep ball, I think, is more concerning as far as MVS has had the same issues. We, we've we not seen Mahomes be on the same page with a lot of guys deep. And McCole Hardman is also going to um, either give up on balls, not know where to be. I, that, that's gonna hurt him
0: yeah yeah um who else stood out to you was there anyone from the defensive side or oh, um yeah. yeah
1: cam Bleepin' jones dude
0: cam jones how about him who knew that that guy like of all the names that you would have listed cam jones would have been like maybe last on my list to even think about right
1: Cam Jones was electric all over the field. I mean, he was outstanding. Uh, All the Chiefs secondary members, for the most part, were really good. Jalen Watson had one bad penalty. Josh Williams had one bad rep that I really noticed. Uh, But they were very physical. Joshua Williams was laying the wood. And think about those guys as CB3 and CB4. Like, that is insane. How many teams would love to have a Watson or a Williams as their CB2? And these are three and four. Yeah. I was very impressed there. Chamari Connor, I thought, looked solid. I mean, again, Easton Stick is not this world beater. Uh, But yeah, as Greg Spence says, I thought Jack Conklin played a nice game as well. I think the Chiefs' defense as a whole was phenomenal. Um, There wasn't necessarily anyone who was like, man, they're getting torched. FAU, I think, was fine. He had two tackles for loss, but um, he didn't shine. As far as the pass rush situation, he looked a little slow, which was, I don't want to say concerning. Again, we know he's a project, but I would have liked to see a little more speed, a little more quickness from FAU.
0: Yeah, slow off the line, much slower off the line than what I, than um, just never seemed to get a good, um a consistently good, you know, get off to then do something against the pocket uh by the way joshua clayton said herring played good that was my thought man when i watched that game especially in the second half i was like holy hell malik herring is playing like a man possessed in some of these in some of these possessions and i loved it i just thought you know he he remember he came in with josh kando earned the earned the reps that josh kando could never earn stuck around longer than kando and even like snuck in on playing time earlier this year without a mini He was the one fully squeezed out with a mini while FAU kind of hung on to partial snaps there. But Herring, if, if the chiefs have to lose a couple guys up front, it wouldn't surprise me if Herring kind of sticks around with another year of, of maturity. Um, you know, if he kind of hangs on for, for like a rotational, um, rotational part. He's got, I, I like him. I like his, his potential there to, to, to be something as Mike Dana is going to be a free agent. Um, you know, it depends on what we do with Chris Jones, etc.
1: Well, yeah. Cause Malik Herring, he went to Georgia and he had a bad injury, right? Very late.
0: Well, he was an injury stash.
1: Well, because I thought originally he was supposed to be kind of, not quite Justin Ross, but but somewhat similar where he was going to be at least decently highly drafted. Not a first-rounder, but I think he was going to be drafted and then he had a major injury and that put him off a lot of people's boards. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's 26. He's not the youngest cat in the world. But again, if you can do this and you can perform, yeah, I, 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 you're right, I like what he brought. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, was there anyone that you thought Gosh, they they blew it. They had this opportunity and they, like, what'd you think of Justin Ross, that game?
1: Fine. Uh, early on that they got him involved and then he kind of disappeared. Yeah. Two catches was it 17 yards. Uh, he had one catch that was very impressive. The one where a Gabbert kind of airmailed it and he went up and yeah. got it. Yeah. Wh- wh- which is what we want to see from him from the get go. You know, I, I've said for, for a while now, he sometimes looks like uh, MVS in the red zone and that was pre injury of course pre sure. or pre-suspension I should say this year, where he was a ground guy you're like you're like dude why why are you in the layup line, you should be yamming the ball. You're 6'4", go up and get it.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was the first time I really saw him go up and get it. I, again, yeah, I'm with Joshua Clayton and stuff. Like, I think he's overhyped. You know my thoughts on him. I, I always say he's closer to Josh Gordon based on how long he's actually had a successful season. Again, injuries are part of it, but yep. injuries happen in the NFL. It sucks, it's sad, but it happens. But I like seeing that, And and again, him going up and getting it gives me hope that maybe he still could have some value in the red zone. He's not going to be uh, the savior of the Chiefs wide receivers. I feel bad for him. But again, if you can have some value, a la Jody Forts in red zone style, um, I think Justin Ross would be the guy I'm I'm tipping my hat towards right now.
0: Backfield. Um, yeah. The backfield was something interesting for me to look at. Uh, what would you think of the job that LaMichael P. Ryan did? Solid, man.
1: Real solid. I, I was I was impressed. Um, I was shocked we didn't see Daenerys Prince, um Keontae Ingram, right? He was a practice squad guy. I mean,
0: they didn't even bother with other guys.
1: Yeah, it was 21 carries for they him. They really
0: wanted to know what P Ryan could do, and that was clear in their goals for the game.
1: Was it 21, 22 carries, then you had what was it, Clyde with two, and that was it? Like oh, yeah. that was it. I I was a little surprised about um no generic or, or or no um um Keonte Ingram. That that was a surprise, but again, I think it was a a good thing when Michael Piran showed out. He got a nice opportunity and he did he did well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think in this instance the Chiefs were saying, look, Pacheco has been injured already this year. Jarek is injured. Um we're rolling thin already. Let's see what Piran can do. Like it it, it wasn't some future like it was at other positions, sort of future tryout cam Jones and Jack Cochran and that like like that's like for later on. Let's see what Nick Jones can do here uh in the backfield it was all about the postseason. I think they were going, can p Ryan do something for us in the next game or two or three yeah and uh and that that was that by the way, your boy Gabbert, what would you what was his letter grade for the for the day c plus.
1: I mean, yeah. I, everyone who's super upset with Gabbert, I'm sitting here going, What did you expect? This is what backup quarterbacks look like. I'm <laughs> like I'm like, look at the Jets, look at the Giants, look at the Broncos, look at Aiden O'Connell, look at Ethan Stick, look at look at uh, look at twelve different teams. They're sitting here going, Yeah, that's, this is what we have. Blaine Gabbert's like Baron Desmond Ritter and anyone the Falcons all season long. <laughs> like He's been sitting for five years from, from an actual game he's been in the NFL outside of preseason. What were people expecting? He drove a game-winning drive late in the game. Yeah, yeah. Most, mostly his legs, but the interception I don't think was really on him. That was more McCole Hardman. Yeah. Um, again, I think everyone has this, as Greg says, the Henny bias. Yeah, Henny had that great playoff drive where he went, with it, 98 yards? And so yeah. everyone's sitting here yeah. going, look how great that was, but – I don't think Chad Henney was ever this stud either. He, he had a great drive. That's pretty much what it was. Not, not taking anything away from Chad Henney, but backup quarterback. I mean, Blaine Gabbard is what he is. A backup quarterback. It's not Gardner Minshew, the best backup quarterback in football. He was fine. I, it's okay.
0: Yeah. Hey, look, he's no Matt Moore. He's no Matt Moore. <laughs> we'll say that. We'll say that. We'll say that. Um, hey, other other week 18 developments that i wanted to get your thoughts on um i don't know what you'll think of this Uh, you know the some of us on some of the contributors AA, kind of talking about the irony of chris jones Mm. and i just thought i i had to agree with it where it was like you sit out a meaningless game uh or you sit out a meaningful game in week one um you know hoping to avoid injury and and get your at your long-term contract and now you got to chase the money that you lost in week 18 because you signed this weirdo deal contingent on your stuff and now you're playing in a meaningless game when all of your other teammates are sitting and and trying to avoid injury so you can be healthy for the stretch run and you're trying your best to take it out. I'm I'm picturing him on the field only hearable to Easton Stick. I'm, I'm trying to hear him go, just lay down, motherfucker. Just lay down. Like, Because you know he was saying that. You know he was saying that. Right? You know he was saying that. And, uh, yeah, like in the comments, Lucas is talking about, he wrote a whole column about uh, what's wrong there. Scott Loring was, was, uh, um, you know, was tweeting about it during the game too. Just the irony of watching Jones play Week 18 trying to get that money when he could have had the bag in Week 1 and actually helped the Chiefs Win a 12th game. What'd you think uh, of that?
1: Oh, one, I hated how much he played. He played so much in that game. He, he was great in that game, by the way. I, maybe, yeah. the, maybe there's something to learn that maybe the chiefs just given an all incentive laden deal. Hey, 1.5 mil per sack every single sack next year. There you go. You get 20 sacks. you get 30 mil. Come on, Chris, sign that one. <laughs> um, I mean, he, he was pressuring Easton stick like crazy. He was getting double teamed and splitting it. Unlike anything we have seen from him this year, he's been really good this year. But he was electric in this yeah. game. Uh, the audacity of the Cats brothers to tweet about it after that was just absurd. I mean, that yeah, was man. asinine. The, the absolute audacity to be like, congrats, Chris, 1.25. Like, dog, you would have had it if he didn't start the first game, if he would have signed the original contract. Why are you celebrating? Dude,
0: Come those on. agents are the peacock of the sports agent world.
1: Dog, I mean, I'm still those skinny they must have blood loss from the skinny jeans they wore early. I wear skinny yeah. jeans. Those are, yeah, those were absurd.
0: Peacock, the Cats brothers, and that that bastard who sings that Applebee's date night song. <laughs> those three are on my Chiefs hate bingo, along with the kicker who shall not be named. Maybe uh, uh, Romeo Cornell's full year as a head coach. I don't know what else goes on there, but yeah, that's those are on my list.
1: But I will say, what a cool moment when he actually got the sack.
0: I love his teammate's response. That the, was
1: great. The teammate's response shows you sometimes we don't always know the locker room dynamic. We know they love Chris Jones, but we didn't we didn't understand how much the sitting the game out and it, they love Chris Jones. I mean, that that reaction was ridiculous that yeah. that was very cool to see and by the way since you mentioned the you're kind of cussing thinking what chris jones was saying the Easton stick i'm laughing thinking he's basically saying samuel l jackson and pulp fiction sayings to him but in his, chris jones in that high-pitched voice like it's not the samuel l jackson kind of low-pitched that's a tasty burger he's saying a lot yeah. like i'm gonna get your ass what
0: <laughs> what ain't no country i ever heard from do they speak english and what yeah uh, Um, no, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I, I mean, I love Chris Jones. I love Chris Jones. I do not want him playing for any other team ever. I mean, I know it's going to be pricey. I know, I I know it's going to rep. I mean, I know there's reasons against whatever, but the thought of Chris Jones just remaining a chief for life to me is how things should go. I love seeing him get his money. I'm I'm not against any of that, but yeah, the way these Cats brothers handled it and and then going through all that was silly. Um by the way, we have a super chat. I want to bring this up because it has to do with something with Jones. I'm just gonna I'm gonna pitch all this to you. Uh bump BB with the super chat. Thanks so much, by the way. FAU couldn't beat a block to save his life. Yeah, it, it wasn't the best performance there. Although I'm really hesitant to label anything about Felix this year. Um, To me, it's when teachers give an incomplete grade, that's what I'm giving uh, FAU for this rookie year. But Chris Jones again and again and again, beating the drum for signing Frank Clark. Uh, He just keeps saying, I want the shark. I want the shark here. And he's basically said, I'm not going to stop talking about it until it's not a thing that can happen anymore. Um, if you see some of that struggle, I guess, brought up by the super chat here, maybe from FAU, like how interested are you, what do you what do you think of his comment, by the way, um, or observations on FAU? And then and then is there any part of you that would agree with Chris Jones in bringing in some Frank Clark help there?
1: yeah uh starting with uh f a u again thank you bumpa bb for the super chat appreciate that in regards to f a u again the same thing as you incomplete i we we talked about it he didn't look great didn't flash i don't think he looked horrendous but I, it was a little disappointing um I, I think oregon fishing said it earlier on in the chat um maybe he wasn't slow maybe he just looked a little little lost little maybe little little overwhelmed um maybe that's what it was instead of the actual speed or bend any of that stuff so that I'm not too worried there. Um, In regards to Frank Clark, I'm kind of tired. I I like Chris Jones doing it to an extent. It's kind of fun. It's it's entertaining. But I'm also like, dude, if you really want to Frank Clark that bad, you know, you could have given up some of your money to, to keep him here, right? Like that. If you love Frank Clark, that's how you do it, pal. Like you could easily do that. Frank Clark's been cut now, not brought back by the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Seahawks. There's a reason. I mean, there, there's a reason here. Yeah. Um, it's much fun as it would be to see him break the sack record. The Chiefs aren't going for individual records. They're going for, again, as we saw from Travis Kelsey sitting, which we'll I'm sure we'll touch on, they're not going for individual records. They're going for something greater than that. Yeah. So bringing Frank Clark back to me is you're you're playing a worse player because you want him to get the sack record. That's what it comes down to. You're not paying, playing him over a minute. You're not playing him over Carl You're not playing him over uh, Chris Jones when he bumps outside. You're not playing over Mike Dana. Hell, is he better than Malik Karen at this point? Probably not. Like Probably not. I, I I I don't think it makes a big difference for me.
0: Let's let's not forget a tiny wrinkle in the Frank Clark story. The Chiefs brought him in for a physical at Arrowhead after he was dumped by the Broncos. They brought him in as in, we have enough interest to have our team check you out. And he left without a deal. There's something there. That says all we need to know about Frank Clark potentially coming back to this team. By the way, also just if I could put on my defense lawyer hat for FAU real fast, the guy's 21, the guy's 21, right? There's plenty of time. 21, 21. Even if you didn't like him as a first round pick, probably 10 other teams would have taken him in the second round. He was going to go early enough to be one of the first pass rushers off the board, Overall. Um, so yeah, it's not like the Chiefs made a, a stupid hometown pick so far beyond where he would have ever been picked, or that he's so old he's never gonna get it there. He's a rookie who's 21, who was gonna be taken probably within the next 10 to 15 spots anyway. So there you have it. Anyway, uh hey, you brought up Travis Kelsey, my friend. What'd you think of that? What'd you think of the gesture of going, nope, forget the milestone. I'm sitting this one out for the team.
1: I'm bummed for him, but it makes me a little happy as far as this season's concerned. Like when we look back, I'm going to be bummed saying, "Dang, he could have got those 16 yards." But also, he would have got it if Canary's Tony wasn't offside. If he had more than 16 yards in the final game, like he had opportunities to get it, right? Yeah. But I'm a little bummed when we when we look back. But for this season, this is big because he was the guy. If I could have choose, if I could have chosen one guy to sit, any of them on the Chiefs, Mahomes included. Pacheco included. It would have been Travis Kelsey. He has been getting banged up, yes. game in, yes. game out. Like he has been double teamed. He's been pushed to the line of scrimmage. He's already had decent injuries this season. He needed a week. This 13 days, basically, right? Because you're not playing. So th- this is massive. This is huge for Kelsey and for this Chiefs team going forward. I really hope we see him with a little extra quickness, a little bounce in his step. And by the way, Chiefs in the playoffs, I think, are a little different, especially if you're a little older, too. You might start playing like you're, you're 29, 30 instead of 34, right? Like There's a little bit of that adrenaline that you're like, okay, come on now. Totally, totally. Like, like There might be a little extra of that, and he's going to be a little healthier. This is a smart move for this season.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, fans, um, Oregon Fishing says Kelsey will not let this down. Season be his last. Um, Josh Clayton says, shows you how humble he is that he set out. He doesn't care about individual records. Angry Jerk and German says, Kelsey has his eyes on the prize. If he won of those 16 yards, um, he could have had dropped six less passes. Just saying. Uh, by the way, do you think, uh, will, will Travis Kelsey ever have another 1,000-yard season? Yes or no?
2: I'll say yes.
1: I will say yes, because I do think that his play next year, And I think he gets 1000 next year. I think Rasheed Rice and the Chiefs will either draft or bring in another wide receiver, which is going to ease up some of the pressure on him. So I'll say yes.
0: I'm actually very much with you. I think he's got one more great campaign in him, like a truly great campaign in him. Um, And yeah, so that's what I think. Um, Yeah. Uh, Let's talk one more thing here before we get to the must list. When you look at this Chiefs team, when you survey the AFC field, and when you look at maybe even the NFC and the state of of like the the playoff field is now set. We all know the the odds. We know the we know the positions. We know the matchups here in the first round. What are your expectations for this Chiefs team now that we're poised on the verge of the postseason?
1: Really quickly, how about those Chiefs? I hey, appreciate being in here. That's uh that's always fun. It says once KC signs Higgins, Mike Evans, and drafts Marvin Harrison Jr., K Kelsey <laughs> will feast next year. Yeah.
0: Dude, Cole knows what's up. Cole knows what's up. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna get all and those Larry, guys. And
1: Laramie Tunsil said he wants to come here too, allegedly, of course. Uh <laughs> and then uh Layton Johnson said, Hey, what's up? One more ride, we'll play right tackle for the Chiefs." Yeah.
0: Trent Trent Williams, by the way, Trent Williams is gonna undo his decision to sign with the Niners. <laughs> And join us. Like and we play left us.
1: guard with, with Laramie Tuns. Yeah, that's what's going to happen, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what are your thoughts on, like, how far do you think the Chiefs go at this point?
1: Man, well, I think they win this game. Um, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the game following. The Bills are hot right now. They play the Steelers. Steelers are two scoops of ass. They're not going on. The Bills will then host the Chiefs if the if the Chiefs beat the Dolphins. Now you might say, sure, but Josh Allen and the Bills and the playoffs, yeah, I get all that stuff. Josh Allen at times look like looks like he drops acid and plays quarterback. I've said that once, I'll say it again. But that team as a whole is playing some good football right now. I know yep. Josh Allen's easy to pick on and say the turnovers and some of the stupid mistakes. Yeah, the Chiefs are the same thing. The issue is Josh totally. Allen and the Bills offense is still explosive. They make the same dumb mistakes the Chiefs do. The issue is they're playing better overall football offensively than the Chiefs are right now. What's funny is they're both very similar. They're both very similar. They ask so much of their quarterbacks. A little different. And both teams are actually really effective when they get the running game involved. They get very... Uh, effective when they give the ball to james cook chiefs same thing with pacheco um it's in buffalo too it's in buffalo too i'm I'm not ready to to make a pick there but um that's a game that i'm really looking forward to if it happens again if it happens i'm not gonna count my chickens before they roost
0: i'm counting my dolphins before they hatch mammals or fish they're all gonna die it doesn't matter they're all going home um yeah yeah i i uh i still believe i still think the chiefs definitely can defend their title i uh, there's just there's no team that worries me that includes the baltimore ravens i'm just i'm not a believer i'm just not sorry um
1: okay the monkeys
0: i you know what i'm a real fan sterling i'm a real fan and that means standing by my team and not just being some yeah anyway Um, I I don't know what to happen
1: what I expect to happen. I have to have some sort of objectivity over here. You don't.
0: You don't. Come
1: on. If I wanted
0: to listen to haters, I I would go somewhere else. Thanks a lot, dude. Thanks a lot for ruining my fandom. You need a hug. I do.
1: You need a hug. Uh, By the way, everyone listening, uh, I do think the Ravens are a very good team. I've been very high on the Ravens. Um, if you look at Aaron Schatz, the creator of DVOA, we talked with him uh, last Wednesday with Adam Best. You know, according to their metrics, they've been a top six team in DVOA. Um, potentially of all time because they're so good at all three facets. They do everything well: running the football, passing the football. Um, again, not to the Chiefs can't beat them. I want to see Lamar Jackson actually do it in the playoffs for once. Actually, do something. But he's finally healthy, and this is a very different Ravens team than the ones we have seen seen in the past. They're much more explosive offensively. I've said it once, and again, I will say it again. Todd Munkin. That may have been the biggest offseason signing of any team, and it's yep. a an OC. Seriously, yep. going to Todd Munkin as the OC has completely opened up that offense. It's been yeah. really wild to watch.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. And by the way, I'm totally kidding about the Ravens. The fact that they're doing this without their single best pass catcher, like Mark Andrews went down half a season ago and they're reeling off all these wins. It's bananas. It's it, If the Chiefs lost Travis Kelsey, we'd all be like, like weeping right now at the lack of postseason appearances for the Chiefs. The Ravens seize the top, the top seed with... Eh, out of the most, out of the most crowded division. By the way, yeah. I mean, yeah. You're right. You're totally right. You're totally right. Uh, well, folks, we've reached the end of the podcast here. We, by the way, but let me say this: we have you all week long here. If you if you want to get the full meal deal on what's going down between the Chiefs and Dolphins, the Chiefs' readiness for the postseason, Chiefs' injuries, early off season scuttlebutt—I'll say it that way. Um, We got you loaded all week long. Adam Best and Sterling here tomorrow. Patrick, Matt Verderam, I think, maybe, who knows. On Thursday, we're going to have pregame. Just stick stick around here. Uh, We're always here for you. And Sterling also has something else to say.
1: And not just that. Not are we here for all of your Chiefs needs. Uh, I had a chance to sit down with Troy Palamalu today, and that interview will be dropping later this week. If you're not subscribed to Stacking the Box as well, that's the NFL one I fill in for Matt Vergram's, Uh So... If you like Matt Verderam talking NFL, hopefully you like me talking to NFL as a whole, make sure yeah. you subscribe to Stacking the Box as well. Part of the fan-sided family here, coupled with Arrowhead Addict. Talk to Troy Polamalu about the Chiefs, about Mahomes, about his hair, about him jumping the line, obviously. So uh, look out for that. And I should be sitting down with a couple of Bengals wide receivers tomorrow. Interviewing a couple of Bengals wide receiver- receivers tomorrow. So uh Icky
2: Woods?
0: Yeah,
1: we'll go with that. And so, TJ
0: Hushermanzada.
1: <laughs> so, keep on the lookout for that as well. Uh, a lot of content coming your way.
0: Love it. Hey, by the way, Sterling does a great job with those NFL interviews. Don't, uh, make, yeah, look, look it up. It's, it's great stuff. Can't wait to watch the Palomalu. one. that makes you head and shoulders above the rest, Sterling. We're going to bring in our producer Richard here for our final segment, uh, the must list. If you're new with us, you know, the must list is our time where we recommend anything we'd like to, maybe from a lunar eclipse to Radiohead. Who knows? Um, but yeah, first of all, Richard, how are you doing, my friend?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to be here on the show. So thank you, Connor.
0: It's good to see you, man. Yeah, you're... Yeah. You make us all just grin, even just by being around. I'm, I'm
2: just... I'm happier. I'm happier to, to be on camera with you guys. It, yeah. Thank you, Connor. But you 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 are you 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 bring that to the group, so that's that's your that's what you offer.
0: There we go. There we go. Um, Yeah. Well, what's uh, who wants to go first today? What's on your must list? By the way, if you're listening, you got something to recommend? Uh, Like just last night, I was sitting, I sat down on the couch end of the day with my wife. She's like, "What are we watching?" I'm like, "I don't know. We like don't have anything at all." So if you people have, uh, if anyone has anything like fun to recommend, let us know. I should have asked Richard for like what's the weirdest thing on TV right now.
2: I would give any to you, man. He would yeah. have done it. He uh, would have done it. Sterling, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, my must list this week is
1: the album "Vivid" by Living Color.
0: Phenomenal. Is that the one with "Cult
1: of Personality" on it? Yeah, that's the first song on it. That's how they open, man. It's it's absolutely badass. I love Corey Glover, the singer. Such a powerful voice. He was also in uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. I remember watching that when I was a young kid. I was probably 14-ish or so. Uh, Really, really cool. But yeah, I love Living Color. It's funky. It's metal. It's rock. It's um, it's a little little bit of everything all meshed into one. To me, it's a little bit like Red Hot Chili Peppers to an extent. Chili Peppers is my favorite band, but... Let's be real. Corey Glover is a better singer. So it's like the Chili Peppers, kind of that funk vibe with rock and roll and a little bit of metal mixed in with a really good singer and Corey. Um, He's actually going to be in Kansas City, the band Living Color. They're going to Knuckleheads, which is a very, very fun bar uh, slash saloon slash music venue in the West Bottoms. So if anyone in Kansas City wants to go watch Living Color with me, considering going, I think it's February 12th. Don't quote me on that for sure. Check it out, though, because I think I'm going to be down there at Knuckleheads watching Living Color. So hit me up if you all want to go. I don't have free tickets or anything, but,
2: you know, like we can at least grab a beer and watch some badass
1: music.
0: Love it. Love it. Richard, you want me to go so you can close this out?
2: No, I don't want to close this out. I'll go right now. Let's do it. Um, (laughs) I'm going to recommend uh, it's an old game. It's about an eight year old video game because we're doing that today. Uh, We're doing id software's doom 2016 i don't know if you guys do you know doom does anyone here know what doom is i'm hoping Connor oh yeah does, at like least. wolfenstein
0: yeah. 3d or whatever
2: exactly yeah and it's the same developers they've been doing it for forever uh they had a reboot uh, in 2016, I don't know if you ever tried it. It's really good. It's, it's fast paced. It's got, and this is why I'm really recommending it. It's got an amazing soundtrack by Mick Gordon. It is like, um, I guess the idea behind it was he wanted to just make a, he wanted to update the soundtrack without it, but he didn't want it to make it like electronic. So he ran all the instruments through like the most analog, digital equipment you can think of just like all these like boards with wires and stuff there's a lot of cool behind the scenes videos of it but it is um he wrote he made the most metal sounding music for a game about you know chainsawing demons and uh yeah you feel so badass it is definitely one of those games where you just come out of it and you feel like a total total cool hero in an action film you're not it's not a horror game anymore this is a it's a horror game for the demons. Is all I'm gonna say. So yeah, check out check it out. If no one's just playing it because I feel like a lot of people haven't. It just kind of went in and out. People are yeah, playing Call of Duty.
0: I did not I did not realize that. Yeah. Speaking speaking of games, I'll go. I I uh, have you guys played? I don't play a lot of video games, but Cyber. There's a new game called Cyberpunk like 2077. You play like this. Have you played this, Richard?
2: I have new game though. Yeah, it's that's about it's about three years old, but it but it's been updated to actually stay very new. And um, yeah please sell it sell to the people
0: yeah i mean it's just a lot of fun it's like uh you know you're this like hacker weird post-apocalyptic world i'm just way into it so yeah it's got like it's got real fun music it's like it's pretty dark and it's got keanu it does have keanu reeves in it too which is just great uh you know it, it fulfills my fantasy of hanging out at night in my basement with keanu reeves in the dark with mood music so there you go confessions confessions
1: that's Usher, baby. Uh, and on that note, we should probably get out of here, huh?
0: Take us out, my friend.
1: I don't know if I want to anymore. <laughs> I think you and Keanu need to take us out. So you take us out doing a Keanu Reeves impersonation,
0: folks. Thanks for listening to us on the podcast. I'll be here with Trinity forever. Love when I was with Sandra Bullock in the Lake House. Watch me on the Lake House. My name is John Jonathan Wick. Let's get out of here. Folks, you've been listening. I don't even know why you're still listening, folks. That's your judgment call, not ours. We'll see you guys later.